Here's Charlene Steinkamp. Are you battling jealousy with what your spouse or maybe another person are doing? Are you battling hatred in your own heart of others who have picked sides regarding you and your husband or wife? May you learn that this is a trick from the enemy and is aimed to destroy you and for your relationship with your husband or wife to be severed forever. Now let me share right now just a couple of scriptures about hatred so you can learn now which can affect your relationships with your own family forever. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. That's rather blunt. Turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44. You've heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, now this is Jesus talking, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12 says, Hatred stirs up dissension, but love covers over all wrongs. As I share these scriptures, I pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to prick your conscience and reveal any hidden sins or area in your heart that you need to deal with between you and the Lord. You need to get rid of jealousy and hatred even if it's regarding your spouse or the other person or other family members or somebody at work, you need to get rid of it. It is sin. Now let's go back to the story of Joseph. The Ishmaelites took Joseph to Egypt and Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's guard, bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites. Now let me read Genesis chapter 39 verses 2 to 10. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian Because of Joseph, the blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he is entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. Wow! Talk about temptation! Here is Joseph being blessed. And then the enemy comes in and tempts him with adultery. Was that how your husband or wife was tempted and fell into sin? Your beloved spouse may not be a Christian yet, and they do not know the enemy is wanting to destroy all marriages all the time because God created the institution of marriage. 
Let me continue to read several verses from Genesis chapter 39, starting with verse 11. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story of his wife, told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Joseph had made up his mind, and you as a Christian need to know what you would do if you were ever put in an awkward or bad situation. Learn from Joseph. He lived a life of obedience to God. Imagine Joseph running out of the house. You need to run from any type of ungodly situation or temptation every time that the enemy comes against you. Let me suggest that you pray that none of your family members, including your spouse or your children, as some may be teenagers or young adults, be tempted by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life. Are you battling self-pity or doubt or unbelief in God's mighty power? Let me ask you another question. Are you being tempted to give up on your marriage and move on with your life? As there is no sign that your beloved husband or wife are speaking or showing any indication of ever coming back home due to all your circumstances. In fact, you may have not heard from your husband or wife in months or longer. Have you been tempted and have stopped praying or fasting or even believing for your marriage to be restored? That is the enemy coming against you. What about God's plan and his purpose for your marriage and your future? Has the Lord given you promises or signs regarding marriage restoration? Are you being tempted by your family or friends that there is someone better for you than waiting for your spouse who has done such destruction to you and to your children? Have you been tempted by the enemy having an old boyfriend or girlfriend contact you? Beware. Run. That is a trap from the enemy. Be alert to his tricks. Be aware of the temptations the enemy is going to throw in your pathway and then be like Joseph. Run from the temptations that are from the enemy ought to destroy your life and witness as a Christian. Yes, I understand your loneliness, but you're in a spiritual battle. You have an assignment from the Lord to fight and pray for your marriage to be restored and resurrected from the dead. But you will also be a witness to many others, giving them hope for their own marriage, being revived, and their love rekindled. Imagine your church adding a class of marriage restoration instead of divorce recovery. I need to interject here because I keep thinking. When I was standing and when I started seeking the Lord, the Lord put a love back into my heart for my husband stronger than the day that I married Bob. Remember that you right now need to ask the Lord to restore and rekindle that love 
so that you want to fight for your marriage, that you want to not fall into the trap of Satan, of giving up. Now let's go back and learn more about Joseph after he was put in prison. Let me continue to read in Genesis chapter 39, starting with verses 20 to 23. If you have your Bible, open it up and mark it up like it touches you. Circle some words that are important that you see. But while Joseph was there in the prison, verse 21, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison ward. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. God had such a bigger plan and purpose in Joseph's life and for his future. Yes, he was put in prison because of Potiphar's wife's lies, but he was given favor and success even then. In time, God changed the circumstances. When you have time, be sure to read all that Joseph went through in prison for two years in Genesis chapter 40. Joseph did everything well in prison and kept believing that someday his dream would come true. Would you believe that for yourself and for your marriage? God is not just looking for your marriage to be restored, resurrected, and your love reignited, but for your spouse's heart and life transformed. Then Pharaoh had several dreams that bothered him, but Pharaoh's wise men could not interpret his dream. But the cupbearer who was in prison with Joseph remembered Joseph's gift of interpreting dreams. So he told Pharaoh about Joseph. Now, if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 41. Let us read verses 14 to 16. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Pharaoh then told Joseph his dream, and Joseph interpreted the dreams, telling Pharaoh that there would be seven years of abundance, and then there would be seven years of famine, and he was now 30 years old. Now let's turn to Genesis chapter 41, starting with verses 39 to 43. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second-in-command, and men shouted before him, Make way! Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Do you see the hand of God on Joseph's life? Joseph went from slavery to being a leader all in one day. Yes, Joseph went through abuse, was abandoned, rejected, and forsaken at the age of 17. But God was with him all the time. 
God had a plan for his future that no one could imagine. You must live your life putting the Lord first and asking him to use you every day while you wait for the Lord to touch and change your spouse's heart for them to repent, to reconcile with you and restore your marriage on the solid foundation of your Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to tell you, when I read about how Joseph's life was changed in one day, it takes me back to when Bob came home, suddenly, lived two hours away, knocked on my window, spoke to me, spent time talking to me, and I won't tell you the details, he repented, told me of his confusion and torment, and that day we were remarried all in one day. Suddenly, the Lord spoke to Bob, And then he repented. Then he came home and we were remarried, just like Joseph's life changed suddenly. Now, let me continue to share about Joseph after many years and circumstances later. When the years of famine came and spread all over the whole country, just as the dream that Pharaoh had, people from all countries came to buy grain from Joseph. Then Joseph's brothers were sent by their father to go buy grain from Joseph also. Now let me just read the brother's first encounter from Genesis chapter 42. Let's read verses 6 through 8. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brother arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. And as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? he asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them. I hope you will have time during your devotions to read all the details of how Joseph dealt with his brothers before he revealed his identity to them. But if you're not driving, let's turn to Genesis chapter 45, verses 3 to 15. Now this is powerful, so be ready. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all of his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land And for the next five years, there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds. 
and all you have. I will provide for you there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you've seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him in weeping, and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. Can you see how the Lord can do that for your own family? Can you see the day of reconciliation, the day of restoration, with your spouse coming home? Can you see the joy, the celebration, as in Luke 15, with the prodigal son coming home? Can you see what the Lord has done for this family, what he will do for your family? We just must not give up. I hope you can see why I have spent so much time in telling the story of Joseph. Yes, Joseph went through difficult times where he was hated and abused and sold into slavery and was left alone for so many years. But Joseph always kept putting his relationship with his God first. Joseph had no one else he could trust, but God never failed him. Also, another powerful lesson that you need to learn early in standing for restoration of your marriage, Joseph had forgiven his brothers. Forgiveness is another key that is mandatory for marriage restoration. You must start forgiving your husband or wife today and every day for all that they are saying or doing to you and to your children. Yes, I know how many parents reject their own children by not even contacting them. Yes, I know the pain and suffering that you and your children are going through. But never forget God. He can and will change all your circumstances around at any time. His timing is going to be perfect. Walk in love and in forgiveness daily. Remember to teach your children the importance of forgiveness as taught in the Bible. We do not want your children to start hating their father or mother. Explain to them that their mom or dad has become blinded by the enemy and they cannot see or hear God's truth right now. Now let me share just two scriptures about forgiveness. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray by teaching them the Lord's Prayer. Then Jesus made a very powerful statement after the Lord's Prayer in the next two verses in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Can you live your life as a Christian and not forgive others, such as your husband or wife, the other person, or your in-laws, just to list a few people? Now turn to Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Let me read this scripture out of the New King James Bible. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, 
but up to 70 times 7. The Liberty Bible Commentary that I have says about this passage, in other words, unlimited forgiveness must characterize the true disciple, not retaliatory listing of other offenses in an attitude of limited forgiveness. Well, I guess that says it very clearly to us, does it not? God had a much bigger plan and purpose in Joseph's life and for his future. Yes, he had even been in prison, but he was given favor and success even then. In God's timing, he changed all of Joseph's circumstances. Joseph did everything well. He worked as unto the Lord and kept believing that someday his dream would come true. In the end, Joseph was able to save his family from seven years of severe famine and their whole family was restored. What a praise. Never doubt what the Lord's going to do for you and believe the Lord and pray for the Lord to give you favor and success in all that you do. Now, I've skipped many chapters giving you many details about Joseph, his family, and his life. But let me read my final scripture about Joseph from Genesis 50, starting in verse 18. This is another scripture that the Lord gave me as I kept seeking his face for his will and way for me and our three children when I was standing. Now Joseph's father had died, and the brothers were now afraid that Joseph was still holding a grudge in his heart. So let me start with verse 18. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph stayed in Egypt along with all his father's family and he lived a hundred and ten years. I think of this scripture, and I think back in 1985, when my heart was broken due to Bob's adultery. My marriage had been destroyed by abuse, adultery, and you can add all the other words that you know personally. But now look what the Lord has accomplished in Bob and my life since our marriage was restored by believing what the Lord has spoken to my heart. You can join us. You can join God's army. Remember, the enemy is not your husband or wife, as it says in Ephesians 6, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Join us and thousands of others praying, fasting, coming against the evil and darkness in this world, and stomping out divorce in your own hometown, in your church, and where you work. Will you choose to become the lighthouse for your commander-in-chief today? God has a much bigger plan and purpose for your life, your future, and also for your future generations. Will you believe that for yourself and for your marriage? God is not just looking for your marriage to be restored and resurrected and your love reignited, but for many lives just like Joseph, to be touched and saved because of what he did for you and for your marriage. Never forget to give God all the glory, the honor, and the praise of what the Lord has done for your marriage. God wants the praise, not you getting the glory. 
The Lord wants to reconcile broken families and other relationships that have been severed for years because nothing, nothing is too hard for God to accomplish. Yes, the world has accepted couples living together before marriage. Yes, they're accepting people having affairs or committing adultery. The world sees and does not even blink an eye. The sinner or the prodigal spouse are not even embarrassed by what they're doing. It's been accepted by our society. But does that make it right? What are God's standards? Will you pray for a revival for our nation? Joseph made up his mind, and he knew God's word. He was not going to fall into temptation. And that is what you must do. You must be aware and have your eyes open that you will not be tempted to fall into sin. Learn from Joseph. He ran out of the house. You need to run from any type of temptation, be it lying, gossiping, any sin. You need to pray daily that the Holy Spirit will speak to your husband or wife's heart and tell them to run from their ungodly lifestyle and sins in their life. Study and learn the names of God and remember God's attributes. He sent his only son to die on the cross for all sinners, which includes your husband or wife and all your loved ones your co-workers and family and friends, and it goes on and on. This week, may you pray that your spouse will flee from the enemy that has them so entangled in their sin. They need to purify their hearts and call on God in true repentance. Let me read in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, which you may know by heart. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. James chapter 4, verses 4 to 7 and verse 10 says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. God has not given up on restoring your family. Trust God to reveal his presence, his mercy, his grace, his peace, his love, and his divine direction for how your husband or wife can be transformed into a new creature in Christ. He will break the chains of sin and show them the way of escape. Never stop praying and expect your spouse to run to God and then come back home. Today, choose to walk in faith in the midst of your marriage problems or divorce. Keep believing in the God you serve and in his mighty power. Remember, God hates divorce. Bob and I pray for you to seek an altar, not an attorney. The Lord asked me to stand in the gap praying for my husband. I had a choice every day to believe or give up. What are you going to do? Let me read from Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
I believe that scripture. God's word is true. Will you choose to trust God and believe what he can accomplish for you and your marriage in the future? You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.